rest of you, get your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Put your finger on the book of Matthew. How many of you are kind of depressed with the way the world's going? Boy, I am too. How many of you let it feel sometimes it's getting you down? Yeah, me too. When I went to bed Wednesday night, last thing I said, Lord, I I need to know what you want to preach for me to preach on Sunday. And man, he laid something on my heart during the night. And I got all excited and and it was a joyful time and I was wide awake and I thought, who can I call? Well, I thought I ought to call old Mike Cobb and let him know. And I thought, well, Nancy would kill me. Then I thought I'd call Joyner and tell, us, tell him. And then I thought Gayla would kill me. I said, maybe I'll just send my daughter a text message over in Serbia because it was 8.30 there in the morning. Come to find out, she doesn't use that phone number anymore. <laughs> so somebody got it. And this is what I wrote. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, folks. You know, I know people have said that and said that, and we've looked forward to it. But I'm here to reaffirm you, He is coming. Standing on those promises... That's one promise that's going to carry us through the next few months, years, or whatever it takes. Maybe days and hours. I don't know. But he told me and reassured me Wednesday night at 1.30, he is coming back. And that's why I was so excited. Because I wanted somebody to be excited. Because he was showing me some other stuff that there was a great revival going on. I saw people preaching. I saw just... Faces of all kinds of people getting excited about Jesus Christ and worshiping and praising Him. And that got me all excited. And I've got three of you excited this morning. I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you. I don't know your background and what church you came from, but it's odd to get excited in bar none and, and stuff. Because, folks, it's what's going to carry us through uh, troubled times. And, and it really helps my preaching if I know you're not asleep. And so when you're responding, I know you're not asleep. And it'll keep the neighbor next to you from falling asleep. But this is what happened in Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up uh, while they were uh, looking on. And a cloud received him out of the sight. And as they were gazing intently, the disciples gazing intently uh, into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they said also, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who uh, has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go to heaven. So there's a promise that God sent His angels here to make sure the disciples knew that Jesus was not gone forever, that He was coming back in the same way. 
And folks, that's why from the time I got saved, every time a cloud gathers up, I always look to the east. Because I've been looking for 40 years for him to come, and I know I'm 40 years closer today than I was in 1982. <clears throat> Charles, I don't know what you did. I was fine until I got up here. It's old stuff that we deal with, folks, that holds on in your throat forever. But I'm here to tell you that my Jesus is coming back, and I'm ready for Him to come even now. <coughs> I'm so ready, I want you to be ready. Because as I got to, to asking God to show me more and more, and I said, what do you want me to do, God? He said, get my people ready. Get my people ready for me to come just like John the Baptist did, begin to teach them to repent and turn. Tell them they won't be depressed. They will be looking intently. So when that trumpet blows, they'll be ready to jump up and go. And I said, okay, Lord, that's what we're going to do. But I want to lay some groundwork over in Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at some things that have to happen before He comes back. And let as you look at these things, I want you to see how many of them have already happened which tells me we're getting close there. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to begin in verse 11. Verse 11, Jesus tells him, He said, Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. First of all, has that been happening for quite some time? Is it happening today? Are many people following into this destruction of being misled and they've got every idea of what's out there and they think that's the way they ought to do it so we see that's happening right now false prophets and a prophet is anybody proclaims a message that supposedly comes from god and they like to take a little bit of scripture and they like to twist it a little bit to make it sound the way they want it to sound and they're hoping that you don't know enough about scripture to be able to discern when they switch from the from the truth to the lie. Because they're going to tell you a lie and they're going to change. It's going to sound good. And they're going to say, well, the Bible says. Folks, I can tell you right now, with probably 80% of the world today, I could walk up to them and say, the Bible says, unless you fall down on your knee and, and worship me and give me money, you won't go to heaven. And about 80% of them is going to think that's somewhere in the Bible because they're too lazy to look for it. They're too lazy to find out the truth, so they want to listen to what somebody says, and that's where these false prophets are coming from. And that's why they're telling them, worship me, give you me your money, do this, do that. And, and they just blindly do it. But I'm telling you, the Bible says not to fall on your knee and worship anybody but God Himself. And so we need to get down to knowing the truth about that and quit listening to this because these liars are out there and they call themselves great prophets. So we know they've been here, they are here, and they're going to continue to be here. So we're stuck with them. But verse 12 really began to, to, to lay home. It said, because lawlessness, lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Folks, have you watched the news lately? Lawlessness is everywhere. 
And the sad part is, if you're a law-abiding citizen and you try to defend yourself, the law's going to come after you when you take out one of these lawless guys that's trying to take your stuff or to harm you. You're going to be the, the one that they're going to come after. And, and I said, boy, this don't even make sense. It's the lawlessness is all around us throughout the United States. So there again, here's one more thing. Check your boxes, folks. It's happening right now. We had a nation where used to you wanted a police officer to be there. Now when a police officer is involved in a shooting, he's automatically the, the, the bad guy immediately. It didn't matter that the guy was running and, and fleeing and running over stuff and fighting and everything, and they, they're forced to shoot him because he's pulling the gun. Oh, he was a great guy. This was my little angel. He'd never done anything wrong with his rap sheet, says differently. But the cops said, for it's his fault. He shouldn't have done that. Well, when a man's coming at you with a gun, I don't think he want to show up with a, a, a stick now. You know, when I was growing up, you didn't show up to a gunfight with a knife. You wanted a gun. I mean, that was just the way things But we're expecting these police officers today to keep these uh, lawless people under check by counseling with them. Let's send us a community director. So prophets are about, the false prophets are here. The lawlessness is all around us. It's moving in uh, all, even the rural areas. So there's another one. Now verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Now this is folks as well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to bust your bubble. For those of you wanting to leave before it gets rough, it's too late. What's he telling us? We're going to have to endure a lot of this mess that's going on. With some of the things that's been happening, I've been asking God, I said, God, why don't we take out, why don't you just take out some of this stuff? Because there's people going to be deceived, Lord. There's, there's good people are going to be tricked and all that. And he reminded me, he said, that that's why I'm going to let them stay. I'm going to shake the bushes and I'm going to find out who truly believes in me. I'm going to find out who really loves me. Because we're not going to let no uh, imitators into heaven. You're going to be a true believer and that means the way we're going to do that is we're going to separate the goats from the sheep. We're going to separate the chaff from the, the, the fruit. It's going to be there. How are we going to do this? We're going to rattle some cages. So folks, he's saying, you true believers who are out there, you're going to have to put up with some stuff and you're going to have to endure to the end. So I said, thanks God. I really appreciate that. But I'm glad because I don't want any Im imitators in heaven with me either. I don't want that evilness to try to creep in around them. Because he's done it, and, and, and godly men and women have, have stumbled for all the way back to the Israelites. When you read when God sent them into the promised land, what did he say? He said, destroy all the wicked and stuff. Destroy the Canaanites, the Hittites. Get rid of them. What happened? Well, we got rid of some of them, but we left a few because some of them deceived us. They came up there and said, we were from a faraway land and we've traveled and we want to have a covenant with you and a peace treaty. So Joshua, he made an agreement with them. Come to find out they were the next door neighbors. So he honored his agreement even though he'd been tricked. And they've been a thorn in the side of Israel ever since.
And in many times, they begin to intermarry and take on the fake gods and the false religions that were there because it was all around them. And that's why I'm telling you right now, you be careful who you hang around. Because you say, well, I want to be a witness to them. Well, tell them about Jesus, but you don't have to have coffee with them. But let them know the truth. But be careful because if, if they're believing a lie, they're going to try to get you to believe that same lie. Or at least agree with them. So we've got to endure. We've got to hold on, folks. That's why we need to fellowship with one another on Sunday morning. We need to know about this. We need to get up there and, and love on one another and hug on one another and say, I know it's tough. I know you're going through a lot. But we're here for you. This gives, that's why we call this a sanctuary. The sanctuary is a place you can come and find peace and comfort. And the sad part about some churches don't have sanctuaries. They have battlegrounds. But we're supposed to be a sanctuary where people can come and fellowship with one another and be lifted up and encouraged because I'm here today to tell you He is coming back. And He's on His way right now. Verse 14, He says, The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as testimony to all the nations, then the end will come. This used to be a hard thing because that meant you had to send missionaries out. And every time they would send them out, they would find there was a people group somewhere that they had not quite reached. And they kept saying, we've got to keep reaching on. We hadn't got them yet. Folks, I'm here to tell you today, the Internet has allowed the gospel to go to the farthest regions in the world. And, and it amazes me. Caleb received a phone call this week for a guy from Kenya who's been listening to our church service. He wanted permission to use my messages. Now you, that, my old hat just rose up a little bit. <laughs> I thought I, I knew I, I, I was doing good to get a few people around Omaha and, and Naples to come here, but I got one from Kenya listening to me. And not only listening, but he wants to use it. And then Caleb begins to pull it up and say, you got them in Vietnam. All right, I'm in Vietnam. I got one in Vietnam. But it, it made me aware that there's people out there hungry for the Word of God, and they're so hungry, they'll settle on an old country boy preacher, and they don't know what we're talking about half the time. But, but they're listening and they're searching. That, that revival Jesus was talking about, it's happening and we're reaching the parts of the world. And he went ahead and listed the different places, folks. I've got them in, there was one or a few in uh, Palestine. There was uh, some in uh, Great Britain, Canada, Mexico, Brazil. Got some in Serbia, but those were family members. Um, but I was amazed that a little church over here in northeast Texas is reaching around the world. So how much more is God reaching with all these other churches? So revival's happening. All right, verse 11's been completed. Verse 12's there. We're in the midst of verse 13. Verse 14 is happening. Uh-oh. And we drop on down because it gets, gets more interesting. The, the next verses talks about perilous times. And I want to jump down to verse 21. Verse 21. For then there will be a great tribulation. Let me give you a definition of tribulation. 
And oh, East Texas definition, it's going to get rough, rougher than old corn cob. It's going to be tough, folks. Down and dirty, it's going to be bad. A tribulation that's so great that the whole world has never seen anything that horrific. If you go over in Revelation and begin to read about it, it talks about it. There's a movement, and a lot of people like to believe this, that they're going to be raptured out before. But I'm going to tell you, when I read over there about this great multitude coming out of the tribulation, that's the main, that tells me the rapture comes at the end of the tribulation. So does verse 13. I've got to endure. But he goes on and talks about this tribulation. Such has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will be. Well, the until now is what we really don't know about. Because until now, we don't know when we go from just a regular tribulation into this great tribulation. So that's, that's what everybody's kind of struggled with. And everybody says, well, it's going to happen on this day. And then. I don't know when. I believe that you can be... In, to be personally, I'm not for sure that we're not in the beginning stages of it right now. May not be. Because we don't know how bad it's going to get before we end the great tribulation. But tribulation is going to be all around us. But when the great tribulation comes, that will be a seven year period where it gets extremely rough, especially the last three and a half years. Because that's when the wrath of God is unleashed on the world. Boy, he's coming close, and that may be them coming after me right now. All right, let them come. Well, look how bad this tribulation is going to be in verse 22. Go there and look. He said, unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Folks, that tells me it's going to be bad. Well, what can you do to prepare for those? There's no preparation that you can do physically to prepare you for that. Because whatever you do will never be enough. You can build bomb shelters. You can dig your hole down in a grave. You can call it your safety barrier. And the world's going to say that's your grave. You know, folks, I don't know about you, but... If they're going to drop a nuclear bomb on me, I'm hoping it hits about five feet above my head. Because the last place I want to be is in a world that's in the fallout from a nuclear bomb. So I don't want to be there. I want to go and be with my Lord, and I'm fine whenever that happens. But it's going to be so bad that unless God had cut it short, the very elect would be changed and would not be able to stand. Now, who are you? If you're saved, you are that very elect he's talking about. He said, for your safety's sake, I'm going to protect you. But I'm going to let it get bad because remember, I'm shaking out the chaff. And the, and the cream's going to rise to the top. And I'm going to protect you and I'm going to shorten those days. So right before it gets so bad that the very elect are about to be deceived, that's when we go out, folks. Whenever that is, and I, I'll just pray to but you better be attentive. You better have your eyes on the east. You better have your ears unplugged. You better get that telephone out of your ear 
because you may miss the trumpet when it blows. And I, I'm getting hard of hearing, so I want somebody next to me like my wife, got her, her helpers in her ears so she can elbow me this time. You know, I, I, I'm ready to go. But it's going to be so bad that if he didn't sh cut it short, we would be deceived. Then if anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there He is, do not believe Him. It's more about them false prophets. Hey, Jesus is down the road over there. Jesus is in that cloud. You see that? You see Him up there? No, Jesus is high above that cloud. He's way higher above that cloud. And you can't see Him. I'm going to tell you that. Oh man, do I go there? How crazy do y'all think I am? Pretty crazy, aren't I? Where's Tony at? Jonah, where you at? Oh, there you are. This is what I almost called you about. Is God was telling me all this stuff and I was getting excited about that revival. I said, God, show me some more. He said, there's going to be a great fall in the way. That's what we're talking about. I said, oh, Lord, that ain't good. That ain't good. But I said, show me some more. Y'all know I'm crazy, folks. But I, God began to show me a purple light. And it was a little purple light beginning to break through the darkness. And I said, God, what is that? What's that purple light? And then he reminded me what purple was. Royalty. Royalty. The sign of royalty. And right after the purple light, it was like a scroll, and I saw Jesus coming. I said, yeah, that's good. This is and that's why I'm saying, he's, he's behind the scroll. He's not very far away, but we can't see him. We can send rockets up and all that. But folks, he is so close. He's right there behind that scroll. And, what, and, and I firmly believe this when God showed me that, that when that trumpet sounds, that scroll is going to be rolled away and all of a sudden the whole world is going to see him. The whole world is going to see him. And folks, he's not mounted on a Shetland pony. He's mounted on a horse. I'd never seen one so big. And it's not even the size of a regular horse. This thing was humongous. And hearing the angels come. Now I know I'm 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 having all the scripture in my mind coming forth, and it it's it's wacko, but it reassured me. That's when I almost called you, brother. I said, get ready. Raise your window. <laughs> because I got so excited realizing I'm living in a special time. Whether this is all a figment of my imagination. It's going to happen somewhere like that. And I may be off a little bit, but I promise you, He's coming back. And all of a sudden, He's going to appear. Just like when He disappeared into the clouds, He's going to come out of those clouds. And they didn't know where He went, but He's going to come out and the whole world's going to know He's there. And He's going to come and He's going to reestablish Himself as King of kings, Lord of lords. And that's why the purple lights begin to make Because before the king comes, 
you always roll out and let people know it's coming. And that light was just immediately right before the scroll opened up. And I believe that's what's going to make everybody look to the east. Because there's got to be something other than the trumpet. Because the trumpet, you're looking for the noise. The light's going to be coming out of the east. And it's going to be blaring down. And all of a sudden, out of the midst of those purple lights and that royalty comes the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I say, oh yeah, it's going to be good. See, you ought to be getting a little excited. Because that's when the evil will be vanquished, folks. That's when the false prophets are going to find out just how fake they were. That's when the world's going to tremble. That's when all the people who persecuted are going to realize they're doomed. But that's when all the saved in Christ are going to rejoice because my day's over and I'm going to go. I'm telling you, He's coming and He's not far away. Verse 27, For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the man, Son of Man be. The promise. He's coming back. He's coming back. Folks, I got wound up. I got wound up. I'm about halfway wound up. I've calmed down a lot, folks, since then. I, I, I said, man, just let me preach to somebody about this. I want to throw them to know He's coming back. I want you to be lifted up so that when you watch the news this afternoon or tonight and you get start getting depressed, you look up and say, I know you're coming back, Jesus. I know you're coming back because all this stuff I see tells me you're on your way and you're going to be here shortly. You're going to be here shortly. And I'm going to be ready whenever you come. But if you're not ready, folks, there won't be a period of time to get ready, that was another thing I saw, how quickly it happened. Folks, when that scroll rolled back, there wasn't a drum roll, it was the lights, the scroll rolled back, and there he was. There's not time to get right with God when that scroll rolls back. So you better get ready beforehand. As a church, it's what we're going to do the next few weeks. We're going to take Scripture and see what it, we need to do to be on guard and be ready because He's coming back. And I believe He will do it in your and my lifetime. At the very most, I believe seven years. And I really think that might be way out there. Because I believe we've already entered in to the beginning stages of the tribulation. I, I I just believe it. I know Paul believed it. Many have believed it before me. But they didn't have all the things we see coming into place today. They didn't have the internet where the, the gospel message could go out throughout the world and people could hear it and instantaneously it could be recorded. They could pull it up at any time. They didn't have that. They had to send somebody and get them there. They had to make room for them. But now we've got devices all around the world. We didn't have the false prophets like we have today. They're everywhere. Our monetary system is under the third bank, folks. It didn't collapse this week, but there's a third bank that's about to collapse here in America. And they, they said FDIC will take it over this next week. Or this, you know how they work. They like to do it today, this weekend. They like to do it on the weekend. And they said, well, this, it's not a big percentage. Three major banks in the U.S. today have collapsed in the past 
what month. Might be something you want to be aware of. Russia, China, Brazil, uh, South Africa, India have signed an agreement several years ago and they are now pushing their currency over the U.S. dollar to trade and buy and purchase. Over 24 other countries have requested to be a part of that monetary system. If you look at those 24 countries, about 18 or 19 of them are oil-producing countries. In other words, we're not going to trade in the U.S. dollar anymore. We're going to trade in the Chinese yen or the Russian ruble. So if China destroys our power of our dollar, we already get, what, 70% of our imports come from China. We owe most of our debt to China. They cut the ships off because they've sent a letter to Washington that you prayed over, and they said, payment due. And it's got to be in the Chinese yen. And yet your U.S. dollar is worthless. Folks, we could be there in a matter of a few months. Economic collapse. Tribulation. And what would an economic... Food shortage. We, we, we lived through the pandemic, and that's why I think it might have been the beginning of the tribulation. Food, people run out of food. What, when they begin to run out of food, what do they do? You panic. Begin to run out of stuff, you panic. What's going to happen if overnight your Walmarts, you're right, Chuck, you're going to pray. All of a sudden, there's nothing on the grocery store. I was working in Princeton when the pandemic hit, and you know, the first thing we were short of was toilet paper. So we were going out there, and Barbara and I, we had a pretty good supply at home, and I thought, well, that's good. He said, you know, I'm, I'm not too off a word, but I thought, I'll get out there in one of the big stores, and I'll, I'll find it. There was no kind of paper at all. Matter of fact, a big truck of toilet paper burned up had a wreck and burned up and they said there's the the gold is burning up but out there there's so many people that buy their food every day buy what they need for supper that day and if it begins to be a shortage they rush and buy all this food up and the stores are immediately empty overnight what do they begin to do lawlessness will be even worse than what we've got today. So what does that mean for us? I mean, we've got to be faithful. We've got to stand up and allow God to take care of us in a way only He can. So I'm telling you, it's, all these things are in play right now. Things that I'd never dreamed of in my lifetime. You know, it's upside. everything's upside down. They don't want Christians in schools, but they want everything else. Parents, your your children can go have all kinds of medical procedures, 
that are ungodly, and they don't even have to have your permission. Matter of fact, one state the other day, Pastor, it's it's okay for a, a minor to run away from home and have a a uh, operation to change genders, and mom and dad never know about it. But that child cannot go and get stitched up if he cuts his finger or his face without your permission. But he can go have an operation to change his gender. And there's nothing the parent can do about it. Is that not upside down? I don't know about you, but if that had been one of my kids, I'd be wanting to do something to somebody. And a gun would probably be involved in it. You know, that's the world we live in today. That's who your children, your grandchildren are being raised up. Luckily, you're in Texas, and we may be bad, but we're not as bad as a lot of them for now. Oh, man, let's not even go there. We go, you know, it, there, it's, you, you name it, it's out there. And the main thing is they're taking away the rights of parents. They're giving the rights of convicts more of a chance than the victims. Right here in our own school system, I'm going to talk about uh, Dustin the other day. Last year, a young boy came by, grabbed him, hit him, pulled him up and finished the fight. And he waylaid the boy pretty good. He just finished what somebody else had started. You know what happened to him? 15 months of probation, $6,000 worth of reparation to this boy who started the whole mess, and nobody did anything to him. Upside down. You know, there we are. You say, well, it's all out there. No, it's right up here. It's right here. It's all around us. That's why I tell you, my Jesus is coming again. And I'm going to be ready for Him. I'm going to get you ready for Him. We're going to rejoice. So as bad as it gets, it just tells me we're just that much closer. That much closer. And we need to be that much more excited and, and not be asleep. We need to be awake. Jesus told a parable, and I'm going to close with this, so you don't get ready. He told a parable about the ten virgins were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And he didn't show up when he was. they thought he would. But he was coming later, and it got dark, and five of them realized they didn't bring extra oil in their lamp. So they weren't going to be able to go. So they rushed about trying to get ready for when he comes. And when they get back, guess who had already come? He had already come. He took the five that were ready and left the other five. And I'm telling you, you don't want to be just waiting around and think, I've got plenty of time. You don't. We better get ready because he's coming back. All right, I'm done. Don't let this mess get you down, folks. Don't let it discourage you. If you're saved and born again, he said, I'm not going to let you be go through more than you can stand. But I'm here to tell you, you can go through more when there's more of you to help lift one another up. We need each other. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get to bickering. Don't get to worrying about over little stuff. 
There's too many big things out there we got to stand together on. And we got to take some stances in our community against anything that we see wrong. Go to your school board. Go to your elections. Do whatever you can to stop some of that. And don't get misled by the false prophets, the false teachers, because they're all around us. And they, too, know how to use the Internet. But praise be God's using it also. So let's stand up. I'm going to have prayer over you. I want you to go out and turn this world upside down. And you can start right here in Omaha and Naples. Father, praise be, you give us a promise that gives us hope. And I know, Father, we've, we've heard this, we've waited, we've looked. But everything we've looked at this morning we see is already being happened. It's already in the past tense. So we, we know we're right there at the, at the very door opening up, Father. And we, I'm thankful that you put this on our hearts. I'm thankful that, that you're reminding us that you're just about ready to bring it all to an end. And we're going to be blessed to see it. We know we need you to grow our faith between now and that day. That we won't worry about what has to be done. We're not going to worry about whether money has any value or not. Because our value is not in our money. Our faith is in you. And we know you're going to take care of us right up to the day that you take us out. So empower this group of people you've put here today. And strengthen them. Prepare them for whatever's in front of them. And may we be a true lighthouse to this community and throughout the world. And so may this message go out and make a difference in people's lives wherever it may land. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and y'all get with it. Thank y'all.